This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care specialist and toxicologist. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking to you, and we're going to be talking about all things wound management and bandaging. And you're probably thinking, what the heck? Why do I need to listen to this? Because wound management and bandaging is one of the top things I see in the ER vet. So stay tuned. We're going to be joined with Brian Goldman, a licensed veterinary technician, and we'll be right back after these messages. host, Dr. Justine Lee. If your dog likes to chew, you don't want them chewing your furniture or your shoes. So give them Natural Farm all-natural dog chews and bones. Made from sustainably sourced ingredients that are free from artificial colorings, preservatives, and chemicals. Check out their gully sticks, bully sticks, and collagen sticks in flavors like bully stick, peanut butter, and chicken. And their stuffed collagen and stuffed bones. Big dogs or little dogs, you can choose your chews. Go to naturalfarmpet.com and save 15% off with code ERVET15. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER vet on Pet Life Radio. Super excited to be speaking with Brian Goldman, a licensed veterinary technician, and he works at Friendship Hospital for Animals, which if you guys are in the DC area, I'm sure you've heard of. It's a huge, amazing specialty in emergency practice. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. Just so our audience knows who you are, do you mind giving us a little bit of background about who you are, where you trained and what you do? I worked at Friendship Hospital for Animals my entire career. I'm currently the lead specialty surgery technician, and I've been here for about in this department for about four years. And my favorite things to do are bandages and wound care. So I'm very excited to be talking to you about this. Awesome. Well, like I mentioned in the beginning, I end up seeing a lot of bandages and bandage changes in the veterinary ER. And oftentimes this is because of trauma, maybe a dog or cat was hit by a car and they have a kind of wound or they have some kind of fracture and we're bandaging it to help it heal. Now, I'm sure you get asked a ton of questions when you're talking to pet owners or when you're helping bandage in the surgery department. But first of all, how long will my pet be in a bandage? That is probably the question that we get asked the most. And the simple answer is we're not 100% sure. It all comes down when if it's a wound, it comes down to how the wound responds to antibiotics, how the animal heals while he's being rested. And it really is a visit by visit uh, evaluation where to get a more accurate estimation. But um, if it's a fracture, we have a better idea with fractures. We can give an estimate, but we really won't know until we get uh, recheck radiographs to see where we are in the healing process. All right. So I always tell people when in doubt, you know, it really depends. Like Brian mentioned, it could be four weeks. It could be eight weeks. And people oftentimes don't always listen or have the best owner compliance. So I always say when in doubt, when we tell you your dog has to be crate trained 
with a bandage protected for eight weeks. It truly has to be for eight weeks. I remember once I was practicing in Boston in a really, really busy practice at Angel Animal Medical Center, and I had a dog who had a radius ulna fracture, front arm fracture, and we were managing this with a bandage and a cast. And I remember the next week seeing this dog randomly on a really busy street in Boston. And it's so unlikely you're going to run into pet owners randomly, but I happen to see this dog walking on a long, long leash, getting lots of exercise. And so when in doubt, the more compliant you are with the instructions when it comes to wounds, the better it will heal. So when in doubt, you have to trust us on things like this. Now, in certain situations, some dogs or some cats may have really frequent bandage changes. This is especially important if it's what we call a degloving wound. A degloving wound is kind of gross looking. And so don't Google any pictures, you pet owners out there. But it's basically like if you can imagine peeling a glove off a hand. Well, same thing when the wound is so severe, like say a dog's leg got stuck under a truck as a truck ran over it. It basically peels the skin and fur off and it can leave a really severe wound. And with degloving wounds, often these bandages have to be changed really frequently. So Brian, tell me, why do we need to do so many bandage changes? Is it just a way for the vet to make money? What goes into choosing when the next bandage needs to be changed? It is not for money. It is definitely for just keeping the wound clean. Especially early on in these degloving wounds, especially, we have to change them ever so often because they do get filled with discharge from the wound, whether it's blood, whether it's just discharge from an infected area of the wound. We would rather us change it before it starts seeping onto the owner's floor at home and the dog just starts trying to chew at it because it's starting to taste and smell weird. We're really just trying to keep it clean. And we need to keep eyes on it, especially at the very early stages of the wound healing process. We definitely need to make sure that it's clean and not infected and we keep that under control. Wonderful. So first of all, how do we tell if a wound is infected? And if there's a bandage on, how would a pet owner know that it's potentially worsening? Well, this is exactly why we need to check it a good amount at the very beginning, because it is very hard to tell when owners are at home. It's the wound is covered by a bandage, so it's hard for them to tell. What we're really looking for is increased lameness, swelling. If the dog is all of a sudden trying to pay a lot more attention to the bandage by trying to bite it or lick it, we do ask all owners to wear their e-collar. But if the pet is really seeming to try and go after it a lot, that's a good indication of that something might really be bothering them, whether it's an infection, a bandage sore. It's a good tell of something might be wrong. And also we do open the bottom of the toes for the bandage so the owners can monitor toes at home. And if they notice any swelling or redness, they should come and be seen immediately. Wonderful. Thanks for that info. So an e-collar is actually an Elizabethan collar. For you pet owners out there, we often call it a funnel hat. I know you guys view it as torturous because... I don't know why they don't make them clear. Some of them are clear, but most of them are opaque. So dogs can't see very well. And unfortunately, it results in a lot of like wall scraping and knee banging and things like that. But you really do need to keep those funnel hats on because your dog can chew the bandage off, which then results in an emergency vet to the ER and it may require sedation. And again, it's going to add more cost. So trust us, you want to find some way of protecting your bandage. 
and preventing your dog or cat from accessing it. So again, typically one of those funnel hats. Um, some people will use some of those neck guards or those um, pillows around the neck, but when in doubt, you definitely want to protect that. All right. What can we do at home to best take care of the bandage? Uh, it all comes down to following instructions of the vets. It's tough. I understand it's tough, especially when you have this new puppy and he has a broken leg and you need to restrict his activity, but you just got this new puppy and you're really trying it. You want to play with him and everything, but we need you to listen to us. We need to be able to crate rest the animal so he's healed appropriately, rest the dog, use the Elizabethan collar. If they go outside, use a cover. I know there's some amazing products out there. Medipaw is one of them but also just put a little booty on the bandage to keep it dry uh, and then keep the animal from licking and chewing at it is definitely the best way to keep it clean. Great information. Again, when in doubt, you really want to be compliant when it comes to your pet's bandage because we want to prevent any kind of injury. We want to prevent any kind of accidental ingestion of the bandage, having to replace it, having to sedate your dog or cat again. And again, it can be really costly. So the more compliant you are when it comes to bandages, even though it seems really awkward and uncomfortable, you really want to abide by that just because I promise your dog or cat are going to heal way faster. We'll be right back with Brian right after these messages. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion. Because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We're speaking to Brian and He's a licensed veterinary technician, and we're talking about bandages. He works in the surgery department, and he oftentimes is putting bandages on your dog or cat. And so far, we've talked about things like how long we have to keep a pet in a bandage, why we need to exercise restrict them, why we need to put that funnel hat on, why we want to make sure that bandage is clean and dry so there's no licking at the that wound, there's no risk of infection, and that that wound or that fracture has time to heal. Now, I did want to talk about a couple of key questions. Sometimes, or most of the time, dogs and cats need to be sedated when we put on bandages. Why is that? Well, I want to make sure that I'm putting the best bandage possible on your your pet. I want to make sure that I'm doing the best job. And sometimes the dog or cat, they don't want to lay down. They want to sit and play and run around the hospital and I really need them to lay still while I put on a good bandage because if I'm not putting on a 
solid bandage, it might slip off later and they might have to come back and have another one put on. So I'd rather sedate them, have them lay still for 10, 15 minutes while I put the best bandage I can on, really give the patient a hundred percent of my attention and not worried about them sitting up or trying to jump off the table or anything like that. And so I can do my best job so I can take the best care of this patient and then let them come back in a week so they don't have to come back in the next day because it slipped off or something. All right. Great information. When in doubt, it definitely makes it easier to make sure that we're putting the bandage on correctly. And it's also less painful to your dog and cat. Now, we already briefly talked about this, but what should a pet owner be looking out for when it comes to their bandage? And when should they bring their pet into the ER if there's a problem with the bandage? A bandage complication should always be considered an emergent situation just to get it evaluated. It is tough having them at home because it is hard to find out really what's going on underneath the bandage and if something is brewing. At that point, owners really need to listen to their pet, make sure that they're comfortable if they're holding their leg up for long periods of time, if they are uh, trying to lick or bite at their bandage that could indicate that they're in pain. Also, we'll leave a little hole in the bottom for most times um, so owners can monitor for swelling and discharge and anything like that. So if they can see the toes and their toes are swollen, that should be considered an emergent situation because if you think of the bandage like a tourniquet, if the toes are being swollen, then that could lead to a closed off blood flow to the toes. And that's a very emergent situation. So I like to keep in constant contact with my owners. I want to provide them a very safe communication so they can reach out to me if they think something is wrong and we can direct them from there. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I know it sounds weird to smell your dog's bandage or your pet's bandage, but it's really important. And, you know, I didn't realize how owners oftentimes, they're not always cognizant of the smell, right? And we smell gross things all the time in veterinary medicine from like terrible smelling ear infections when you open up the ear and there's just this, you know, pus pouring out to really severe skin disease. So if you live with it, sometimes it's harder, but I actually do want you to sniff the bottom of the bandage or the top of the bandage uh, once a day just to make sure there's no sign of an infection. Now, talk to me about water. Can my pet have a bath when in a bandage? Uh, no. We want to keep those bandages as dry as possible. If you think about it, if this bandage gets wet, the smell that we were just talking about is multiplied by a thousand because that's when just st stuff just starts growing and brewing in this bandage. Just think of if your sock gets wet and you're starting to walk around and then you take it off at the end of the day. It is not the most pleasant of situations. And also you might get some sores from that sock and some blisters because of how wet it was. And I remember this situation where an owner let their dog jump into a lake with a bandage on and our entire top floor of the hospital knew when I was taking it off because there was algae and smell and just fungus just growing on in there. So long story short, no. There are um, some amazing dry shampoos out there that you can look up. There's deodorant spray that you can spray on their dog to make them smell a little prettier. But trust me, it's not worth it. Uh, do not bathe your dog in a bandage. Great information. Again, that water can really, really cause a lot of issues. I know in human medicine, they oftentimes will have uh, waterproof casts um, that they oftentimes will use on kids. My child fell out of a 
out of a playground uh, set and ended up having a fracture. And as soon as he fell and was screaming, of course, a veterinarian in me was like, oh, my God, he's got a fractured distal radius. Hold on. <laughs> and I was so, so grateful when um, the orthopedic surgeon said, oh, well, actually, we could um, cast this. And all I could think of how miserable it would be in Minnesota summer when it's 90 degrees and hot and humid with a right. young kid trying to keep this this uh, cast clean. And I was so grateful when he said, actually, you could just buy two splints and use the splint and change it every day. And it, it was so uh, so amazing. So again, really, really important to have that compliance. But when in doubt, no, your pet cannot have a bath with a bandage, no matter how much you put plastic and duct tape on it. Again, it oftentimes you can't take that chance of it getting wet. And I will also say one other mistake I see is when we give the instructions saying, hey, when it's wet outside, there's dew on the ground, you know, it just rained, put that plastic bag on and, and duct tape it. But you have to take that plastic bag off as soon as they come inside into a dry environment. Otherwise, it just makes this stinky funk and it doesn't allow oxygen or airflow to that bandage. Uh, so again, really important. Now, I know you probably hear this question all the time. Pet owners, I know you guys are really, really worried about your dog and cat pooping, but honestly, it's rarely emergent, especially if your dog was just hospitalized. If you've ever been hospitalized as a human, you don't poop for at least two days. And the reason why is because oftentimes we've gotten drugs or just the stress of it. But if a pet hasn't pooped in two days after taking them home, should a pet owner be concerned? I usually tell them no. They shouldn't be concerned unless they're straining to defecate. If they're trying to defecate and they're unable to, then I would ask them to monitor it a little closer because they have had that hospitalization. So they do have those situations that might be causing them to have a little more difficulty back there. But also their lives have just been turned upside down. They're now in a bandage and they don't know why. So behaviorally, they might be acting differently. You might see them be just a little more shy as soon as they get home or just a little less likely to jump up on you. They've gone through some trauma. They have a bandage and they can't be explained why. So seeing these little differences in their everyday behavior at the beginning is completely normal. And also they might just be figuring out how to poop with a bandage because they have to do the squat thing. And especially if it's a cat trying to get into their litter box, cats are probably the biggest behavior change ever you'll see because cats are cats. Cats don't like any change in their life. And so if they now have a bandage, they are going to be different, at least for the first couple of days. Yeah. And I promise it will get better. Um, but when in doubt, it can be quite difficult. And sometimes something as simple as taking the lid off the litter box uh, gives them a little bit more mobility and access, uh, taking away any barriers. So just be cognizant. We totally get it. It's really hard, but it's so important for that wound to heal. All right. Last question. My pet is acting different ever since we brought them home in a bandage. Is that okay? Or what signs should I worry about when we need to go into the ER? So exactly like we just talked about, I would like to add to that. When a dog first gets home from the bandage or from the hospital, I will like to add that it's very scary, especially for the owner. And we completely understand that. It's very scary that you want to be extremely careful with them. But for that first week or so, they might be acting different, a little shy, a little lethargic, a little, a little mopey, if you will. But I promise you, it's going to be a lot harder when they start feeling much better thinking that they're healed and starting to run around on you and trying to get back to normal. That's when the real hard part comes in and where it's really important to rest them because they will get used to the bandage and they will think that they're back to 100% before they are. 
And that's the hard part for owners in my experience where they say, my dog's feeling great. He feels great, but he's not healed completely. And that's when it's really important to continue to rest and activity restrict. Wonderful. Brian, thank you so much. I know people can find you at Brian's Bandages on Facebook. A lot of your information is both for pet owners and also for veterinary professionals, uh, but love what you do. And thank you so much. Again, it sounds like an unusual topic, but again, we put on bandages every single day in the veterinary ER. Surgeons put them on all the time. And it's really important that you take appropriate care of your pet's bandage so you can avoid a costly visit to the ER vet. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we would like to thank Brian and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.